0: Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness, I'm Rodney, over there's Steve. (laughs) And today he will be communicating in Morse code, so uh, there you go all you cryptography fans out there, figure out the podcast from the sound we make. Alright, so we are hitting the books again and uh, we are going with something a little unique. Um, we've touched upon this genre before uh, a few months ago, uh, but that's now we're true, going yeah. with a uh, big-time mass-market version uh, today. Yeah, this is
1: kind of like the uh,
0: because it's just because it's timely. The
1: wheel of time of, <laughs> of Asian
0: fantasy. Uh, well, that's that's an interesting thing. We'll talk about that in just a second. <laughs> Um we are talking about Legends of the Condor Heroes uh by what Google tells me is pronounced Young, and that will probably be the closest to a correct pronunciation that you hear in this entire episode and
1: Google is always right so I'm not even going to mention that Right it's not his real name anyways
0: That's right it's not his real name gumyung is a Pen name of a gentleman named Louis Cha, who uh, wrote primarily during the fifties. Uh, Legends of the Condor Heroes was his Piece de la Resistance. <laughs> I mean, what are there like twelve of them? Uh, there's four volumes uh, currently of the current print. It's actually one text. But it was serialized in the newspaper in the 1950s. He's revised it uh, at least three times, and yeah, so I believe the this
1: thing I read was the uh, hold on Anna Homewood mm-hmm. translation.
0: Yes, Anna Homewood, which I think is the the latest translation. Yep, uh, this was of uh, the most St. modern
1: revision.
0: Right. The the most recent, which was the two thousands, I believe.
1: Yeah, I have to take a word for it.
0: Yep, this is by uh, Saint Martin's Press, uh, Volume One, which we'll be discussing today, is a Hero Born, um, and this is pretty much available anywhere you get books.
1: Yeah, I mean, you I've seen in Barnes and Noble. My copy came from Apple, mm-hmm. so.
0: Ah, you so you go. have the it's digital version. Yeah. Ah. I Why is it. there a difference? No, no. I just was interested. I have I have the physical my, hard copy. Mine versions. weighs
1: less than yours. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, especially since I have uh three out of the four sitting on my desk over here. <laughs> and and the fourth is in my uh wish list. Maybe maybe uh the Hog Father will bring it to me.
1: Santa, Santa,
0: get him volume four. Yep. That way. And I'm glad I have volume two. I'll say that.
1: <laughs> so wait, so from what I've read, there are 12 books in this thing. And then there's three different stories that are, or four different stories split into
0: three books each. Yeah. And there's also okay. uh, yeah there's there's you legends have return,
1: but the, last, but the last one
0: right well there's there's legend of the Condor Heroes which is four volumes, uh to complete that story and then uh, Cha wrote, um return of the Condor Heroes okay so you're not considering the whole thing one large saga right right right. But but legends is considered to be a, a single book published in in English in four volumes. Okay,
1: so it's, you've got a uh, a Lord of the Rings situation happening.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and if you look at the blurbs on the back of the hard copy, Lord of the Rings gets shouted out a couple of times.
1: Well, I, it has to because it's you know that's our vocabulary. So. Right. In the west that's fantasy starts with lord of the rings Mm -hmm. i mean whether that's a true statement or not in our collective subconscious fantasy starts at the lord of the
0: rings well yeah especially the the epic multi-volume type of fantasy that we're used to now such as the wheel of time uh which uh, just recently released their television series, I believe.
1: They did. I watched the I watched the first three episodes. Mm. It was alright. It was alright. I mean, it was the wheel of time.
0: It was the wheel so, of time. So like
1: so it was alright. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> thrilling. <laughs> but it wasn't like it was the wheel of time. It
0: right, right. Like, for some for yeah. somebody like me who who's never read Wheel of Time, or probably never will, is it worth the watch?
1: Mm, It's hard to say because I've read the Wheel of Time, Mm -hmm. and I will say I was not looking forward or not looking forward to this. It just happened to be there, and I saw it and said, oh, I've read the Wheel of Time. I'll give this a try. Okay, And I watched it, and I watched all three episodes. I binged them, so it's not like... It like offended me or anything. It was you know, it was a wheel of time. It was like people running around and timing the wheels. Right, and
0: I didn't hear you Uh, grumble about it. So, (laughs) like 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 some other show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, the the thing about it is, it's it's Amazon, Mm
0: -hmm. right? Right.
1: Everybody hates Amazon. Everybody says they hate Amazon. I mean, there's no bones. Everybody hates Amazon you know
0: mhm
1: some other things are people do some mental fucking gymnastics to square that circle with the company that puts that shit out
0: well i'm not talking about the companies i'm talking about the the actual content of the particular show
1: okay well the a lot of people do some mental gymnastics to square the circle with the quality of the shit that's come out <laughs> in the past few years for both those
0: all right but this is, show is not about the Wheel of Time, so it's not. Fuck Robert Jordan.
1: Sorry, Rand. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and Igweini, uh, and Nami, and all of those cats. Yeah, uh, I will yeah, say yeah. that the that the casting on the Wheel of Time was really cool because they it was a multi racial cast.
0: Ah kind of reflecting an actual world rather than, uh, probably what it looked like (laughs) when it was originally written.
1: (laughs) Yes. Exactly.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, so, Legend of Condor Heroes. A multiracial world. (laughs) Yes. Um, this, this is a seminal work of, uh, the martial fantasy genre. Uh, Preferred to as wuja, um, and and really for those of you who are uninitiated and and missed our uh, two sword masters discussion, um, and that that'll come up a couple of times I'm sure while we're talking about this. Um, this type of this type of fiction has more in common with uh, sword and sandal and uh, historical fantasy. And to an extent, Westerns, than it does with something like Lord of the Rings. I mean, the, the epic length, the fact that there's uh, uh, politics and personal stories going on here, a lot of walking. Uh, really, that's kind of where the comparison ends to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there's definitely
1: more Robert E. Howard than J.R.R. R. Tolkien than mm-hmm. in this book.
0: Yeah. Now, give us a quick uh, plot synopsis. We'll try to be spoiler free. We'll try to be as spoiler free (laughs) as possible here. Oh, so
1: um, China has been halfway conquered by the Jin, J-I-N. Um, so the northern half of China is controlled by the Jin and the southern half is controlled by the song which is the uh, the Han Empire mm-hmm. and uh, the Jin are making inroads into the south and true patriots um, <laughs> uh, are, are rebel against this considering that the um, Many elements of the Song Empire are in the pocket of the Jin. So the right. Jin conquer not only militarily, but um, they also do it in, in the, uh, the, the the pocketbook.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So they try they they effectively try both a uh, military and economic S- slash social conquest.
1: Right. A little bit of espionage thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Um. This is the story of two Patriots who fall in, um, amidst this conflict. And their, their sons, their offspring are, uh, committed to a duel 20 years later.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the story of the, the Patriots and, and, uh, generational heroes, but it's also the story of a stupid ass bet.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and that's what it comes down to, is a a bet <laughs> that that these two uh, orphaned children will um, see who who is better than the other because of the dick swinging um, immortal uh, eternal springy chuji, right? Chuji. Right Who now,
0: Gandalf. right. He, he's gambling, and the only reason that we no, have this Gandalf. duel, That's, he's Gandalf. Right, but the only reason we have this duel is because uh, our Taoist priest friend cheated at the drinking contest. Yes. So, <laughs> uh,
1: so uh, the beginning intrigue um, involves a, a, I guess, a vow by this Taoist, who is um eternal spring mm-hmm. to protect the families of these two patriots right and, and um the wife of one of them was kidnapped and he was he was pursuing her and she had ended up in a in a rival's temple a buddhist temple mm-hmm. and the uh this buddhist priest who was uh, part of this temple happened to be drinking with the Seven Freaks of the South. Yep. Which is a, uh, it's basically a biker club with uh, kung fu.
0: Yeah, they are they are street gang. <laughs> they sell meth on the side. No, they don't. No, they don't. don't. Don't let him fool you here. The Seven Freaks are nowhere near villains in this story. They're anti-heroes. They are kind of anti-heroes. Yeah, so but but you know, they uh, Sons of Anarchy,
1: Seven Priests of the South.
0: Yeah, they but they are they are honorable sorts um in in the grand kung fu tradition. Uh, and you know they 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 are the good guys with the good guys being a little more rough and tumble than you might be used to. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way
1: of putting it. Uh, they, because they can't uh, admit defeat to a Taoist, and because the Taoist cannot admit defeat to mere lay kung fuers, mm-hmm. um they they end up having this this bet.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay. Are you calling me a liar? Right. Uh, well,
1: I'm gonna believe my own eyes before I believe before I believe you. So no, but yeah, I'm calling you a liar. Kind of Right.
0: Thing. Right, and it's also one of those things like if I, if we fight, it's gonna be seven on one. So, you know, seven on one. If you guys win, it's not you know you haven't really done anything. And if I beat you guys, all seven of you, then, you know... must be divine. I'm a bully.
1: The divine truth. Right. And, yeah, so the whole crux of this thing is who is correct is basically dependent on who wins this fight.
0: Right, right.
1: Who's in the right depends on who, like, kicks whose ass.
0: The outcome of this fight. And so they make a bet. These two heroes... Uh, each had a child. One of them was, uh, already born and was an infant at the time, if I recall correctly, or, or very small. I
1: don't think either of them were born at the time.
0: Oh, that's right. That's Um, right. Uh, both, both wives were pregnant. Uh, one was born, uh, after she came into the, uh, custody of the sixth prince. Right. And then the other was the real villain. Right who was born uh, as the wife was taken captured by slavers and brought into Mongolia. Now, speaking of Mongolia, we have to mention the another very major years character. before Changa. Right. But we <laughs> have to mention another very important character to this narrative, um, who, in a lot of these types of uh, films and stories, is portrayed as a villain. And and by and large, to the world, he's portrayed as a villain. Hats off to GK. That's right. We're, uh, yeah. So Guo Jing, is our primary protagonist. He is the the son of uh, Mister Guo, of course.
1: <laughs> Mister
0: Guo, uh, <laughs> or Master Guo, if you want to say so, uh, and. He becomes adopted into the tribe of a gentleman by the name of Temujin, which is the birth name of one Genghis Khan.
1: Yeah. Well, it it does a couple of things. Uh, the use of Genghis Khan as like that bit of historicity to this did mm-hmm. um, you have all these fantastic events happening yes and and you did have like this schism between the north and the south in china mm-hmm. and the constant you know um, threat of of mongolians who couldn't get their shit together right when you, and you, like a lot of the elements of the setting um, at, that they find themselves in are historical elements right and, and you know very researched well Historical fiction, um, but the people moving through them, with the exception of, of Genghis Khan, um, are are the fantastic elements. Mm-hmm. And so, how how you have um, great history um, happening, but wrongly. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. there's this almost mythological world. Superimposed over this real history, right? Uh, very much in the same vein as Changa, which is yeah, uh, you know, where you have that kind of uh, fantasy type of world, and it's something that you see in uh, if you're more familiar with uh, Western media, things like Sinbad, uh, the Marco Polo series, I believe, is a little bit closer to this, uh, where you have. Uh, actual historical events mixed with superpowered kung fu, and yeah, Guo. Most of the book follows Guo's journey to adulthood and his eventual uh, acceptance of his um, of of uh, of the the destiny manufactured for him.
1: <laughs> yes. But it, it's funny because no one really tells him what what anything is about. We're gonna teach you kung fu. Why? Just because? Just, yeah. Look at where <laughs> you like, are. You're better. Anything?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you better work fucking hard, kid. That's right. But uh, yeah, life is going really good for Guo until uh, yeah. I mean, Guo's um.
1: Well, I think
0: Guo would have
1: probably have died on the steps if it wasn't for the intervention of the Seven Freaks of the South because uh, he was a runt and he was getting bullied by yep. his adoptive um, clan leader's um, adoptive brother.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. He was. He, he was getting bullied, but once once the Seven Freaks showed up or... Yeah, once the seven freaks yeah. showed up.
1: He was getting bullied by a kid who had no problem setting leopards on people.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And it that turned out exactly as it should have. Right. Uh, yeah, so the seven freaks come in. They're teaching him Kung Fu. Uh, he's learning all the specialties of each one because in typical fashion, each member of the seven freaks has their own particular specialty. And they right, do a cool. very good job in in the translation of ascribing unique personalities to all seven of these characters. mm mm-hmm. Well, six, because... Spoiler alert. Oh, oh, spoiler alert. One of them actually dies fairly early on, so we don't get to see too much of him. <laughs> right.
1: And I'm going to say... I'm going to go out on a limb and say my... Th- pardon me, my favorite part of this book was actually the interactions with um, Twice Foul Dark Wind and, or, or no, uh, yeah, and Hurricane Chen and, and Cyclone Mai.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the dark kung fu masters. Yes, the Sith. <laughs> the Nazgul. <laughs> right. Um yeah and, and those those two are are very powerful and I wonder I have a feeling that uh that uh, the iron Corpse they'll be back. Will will play a much larger role later in the series.
1: Well isn't um uh see so now we're getting into speculative spoiler alert. Mhm. Isn't uh Lotus
0: that was not from- confirmed
1: not confirmed, but alright, so these guys have trained uh, at a place called Peach Blossom Island,
0: mm-hmm. right? right? Under uh,
1: Apothecary Huang.
0: Right, who is regarded as one of the most powerful of the powerful.
1: Right. It, Lotus uh, grew up on Peach Blossom Island, and we know that her dad is pretty powerful and quote, kidnap somebody <laughs> that she didn't agree with.
0: Right. Right. So so more yeah. More to come. More it's more to it's come. Like
1: reading, it's like reading Gene Wolf. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you what. And maybe it's because I had just reread uh the the Soldier in the Mist. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because I was over analyzing this whole book like I was reading Gene Wolfe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, because and and it's because like uh, the names, man, it's the names,
0: right? Yeah, they have they have great great epithets for your, for each other.
1: So I, I was I, I a lot of of my enjoyment of this book might have been trying to to guess the relationships between people and what was going to be happening
0: uh, because I was treating it
1: like a Jim Wolf book.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Now I, I will say one of the things now I've had this book for about uh, almost two years. I think I got it. I believe I got it uh 2019 uh, December area.
1: And now you finally got to
0: read it. And I finally got to read it. I've been slowly absorbing it because the way this book is written, uh, and probably be due to the serialization format, is that each chapter is also subdivided into its own chapters. And each chapter is basically a self-contained story. It's episodic in nature. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a- each chapter has beginning, middle, end, and it it is one of those things that can stop right there, and you're fulfilled, with the exception of a, what happens next. What happens right. next? Uh, the the cliffhangers are masterful to He's keep you really, hanging on till the next. Really
1: good at cliffhangers.
0: Yes. Uh, the fight scenes are for for fiction are very well described. Um... But also a bit a bit technical, you know. If you're not an expert in uh, every single movement of Chinese martial arts, that's the fun thing.
1: Because I'm not.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, but you you can imagine, right? But because he uses descriptive um, descriptions of the descriptive names of moves, Mm -hmm. you can imagine what you know. Uh, swallow chases its tail is right, which is kind of like funny because Robert Jordan does that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they the cha also uh, talks about like hand positions as well, so you can kind of extrapolate from the description what these particular moves look like.
1: Right, and. It's it's not really different than watching like say a Jackie Chan movie where uh for example in Junkin' Master mm-hmm. where he's constantly calling out what his move is. Yeah. And maybe that's because he's like wasted while he's doing it, but
0: Yeah. And that's so a it, that's it, a it's, pretty it, common trope too.
1: Right. That so it, it actually it enhances it because it's it it you know, you can kind of picture what that is in your mind while you're you reading it
0: yes absolutely now one of my my particular favorite sequences is the archery duel on horseback
1: right. that is, is kind of at the end of the beginning
0: yep the end of the beginning uh, <laughs> it's one of the most exciting sequences in the book uh, per now I have to say this there are there's one or two large-scale battles described. That is, that is Jebe. Is the yes, main, Jebe, the, the, the master guy. archer who becomes basically Guo Jing's eighth teacher. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um. Yeah, the mass battles are not really described very well. You know, there's like g- general stuff. Cha really focuses on the pers- the duels. The, the personal battles. That's where all the description is. So if at one point in a mass battle two fighters square off in a duel then it gets a lot of description. Um, or any other time two fighters square off individually. Uh, and And that's I guess part of the genre, as well as that, is how members of the Wu Lin, the martial community, really get to know each other, is is through combat, you know, and, and gambling, and and gambling, and drinking, uh, which all three are generally <laughs> in close proximity.
1: Yeah, they are. The, the, well, the martial arts drinking contest <laughs> was. I mean, it was funny as hell because they were passing. So he had he he dragged in this uh, temple sensor, right? Right. <laughs> like the
0: whole thing filled the bowl with wine, and they started kicking it around. Right, right, and we're contest, and we're talking <laughs> something that's probably like thirty <laughs> gallons of wine, <laughs> right? And they're, and they're like they're like playing ultimate fucking football. Right, right, right. And, you know, they're kicking it up in the air, catching it with one hand, taking a drink, tossing it to the next person. Spinning it on the end of a staff. Right. And just drinking the drops as they
1: spin out. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty funny.
0: It's very stylized. That was a very comical scene as well. Uh, And I'm sure, culturally, a lot of the sequences... Like, a lot of the bickering between Guo Jing and Lotus uh, I'm sure it was meant to be played as comedy. Uh, and and the fact that uh, spoiler alert again, uh, that Guo Jing keeps referring to Lotus as brother Lotus.
1: Well, he's also... Uh, Guo Jing's kind of a dumbass.
0: Yeah. Guo Jing is definitely not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's like Goku, right? Right. I, I would say so. He's... He's a bit of a he's a bit of a stonehead. Uh, he's naive. He's uh, he, he's naive. He's not bright. He's not cunning in the least. No, but God pretty, damn it, his open. heart's in the right place all the time. That's true.
1: Yeah. So he's like Naruto or Goku. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, or he's, Luffy, or yeah. really,
1: he is like a typical like Shonen hero, mm-hmm. even though it's like you know it's
0: Chinese. Yeah. Yeah,
1: kung fu instead of anime, but he's a shonen hero, like like to a T.
0: Fists of iron, I'm, heart of gold, head of stone. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if a lot of those um, anime uh, protagonists weren't modeled in part on this guy.
0: On on some of these legends,
1: on, on particularly on Guo Jing.
0: Mm, that's a possibility, although uh, Goku is um, the Monkey King.
1: Yeah, he is, but he's an
0: idiot. Well, the Monkey King Go- is also Goku's- kind of an idiot. He's he's more clever than than a lot of uh the later protagonists. He's more clever than Goku. But he's still stubborn, pig headed and, and kind of dense on occasion, so so uh Sun Wukong might be kind of the er martial arts hero um that from which all of the other martial arts heroes spring. That could be it. Yeah, but... Still, fists of iron, heart of gold, head of stone. <laughs> and that's that's the best way to describe our, our hero. And, you know, he... Which is also contrasted by uh, Yang Kong, who is... You know, he is clever and manipulative. What he lacks up for skill... And uh, righteousness, he makes up for in ruthlessness and cunning.
1: Yes. And deviosity.
0: Mm -hmm. And and really, the two are are set as contrasts to each other. So the battle, the forthcoming battle between the two of them, the formal duel, uh, becomes... Even more a battle of ideologies, right? Because because it it it's it goes from not just being uh, proving which one of these two uh, groups of masters is correct in their argument, it becomes uh, whose kung fu is superior, whose uh, morality is superior, and and really kind of a uh, which culture is superior? Is it the gene or the song? Right. Or or is <laughs> globalism?
1: Hey, you know they can all bow down to the Mongolian horde,
0: A- and they will, because thanks thanks to Guo Jing, Genghis Khan was able to consolidate his power. <laughs> yep, that is certainly true. So uh, yeah, overall, I mean, this is what the the second uh, story of this type you've read. Um, Counting, yes. So so, what do you think yes. of it as a as, as a genre?
1: Um, it's 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 pretty cool. It's um, you it's fresh for me, I guess. So I'm not as sick of it as I am, like when I uh pick up like some science fiction or some fantasy and uh, like read the description and kind of go yeah
0: yeah or or Uh, or comics. problem
1: right it's not um i mean this very well could be uh themes and shit that's been written for you know 600 years Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't know it (laughs) so it's it's new to me and it's exciting and fresh it's not. Um, oh no, Doc Ock, he's back.
0: Right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you watch the martial arts films, correct?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so it's you're-
1: different though. It's completely. This is so different than like the martial arts films that I walk that I watch.
0: Hmm. And
1: maybe it's because I don't watch a lot of um, period pieces, hmm. uh, because most of the martial arts films that I that I've, um, watch are more, more like the, uh, the other one <laughs> where you, where you have, um, monks fighting monks, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the yeah. Sha- the Shaolin must defend against
0: the Wu dang. It, yeah. uh, it's more
1: like that. Right. Right. As opposed to, to, you know, political intrigue.
0: Well, you know, if if all of these Taoists in this book uh are from Wudong, uh Wudong ain't nothing to fuck with. That's true. And, and they practically say that.
1: <laughs> I mean, they are pretty much the most kick ass martial arts practitioners in this
0: book. Right, right. The five the five Taoists, uh every every I yeah, that was one of my other favorite parts is uh Guo, Guo Jing gets rescued by uh, one of the one of the Taoists, and uh, they're like, "Why are you interfering, man? Why are you who who the hell are you anyway?" And dude just stomps the ground and makes a ten inch hole, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> right. Never mind. I'm sorry I said that. I'm not going to kick your ass. In fact, I'd right. like to invite you to dinner.
1: Every last one of those guys." is arrogant to the point of even when they're trying to be humble you just want to punch them in the face but you can't <laughs> right because you'll be like <laughs> like the scene in um in kung fu hustle mm-hmm. when he punches the gang the leader's head into the floor <laughs> <laughs> right right you know exactly what I'm talking about mm-hmm. it's just like wham <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, to 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 use the old saying, uh, ev- these guys' asses are like the mint because they never their mouths never write a check they can't cash.
1: Yeah, so it it is pretty amazing, and I do like the fact that all the, uh, I guess the the wonder the wow factor is in the martial arts as opposed to you know magic
0: right right yeah I mean it, it is a very uh physicality oriented thing it's not like oh he waves his hands and shoots fire out of his hands nah you know right. they're they're they all of that stuff is just right there everybody's everybody's a monk a, a, to use a D&D type of thing
1: right <laughs> I mean everybody knows you know some people know
0: a little bit right
1: right. Mm-hmm. and some people know a lot
0: right <laughs> and then
1: and the thing is like there's always somebody who knows more
0: right in fact they they go through and they say that 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 is a specific point that is made that no matter how much you learn there's always somebody that knows more right than you do because they've just been doing it that much longer and but
1: yeah so it it it's another way that this reminds me of Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is because you have like this, uh, the magic or martial prowess is, isn't as, um, obvious, I guess, as magic. Right. Um, as opposed to something like, um, wheel of time where, you know, they're weaving the elements and shooting out fireballs. <laughs>
0: I don't know uh there's there's a couple of scenes and it's like game recognizes game you know that uh, characters can stand a certain way and and other characters know that this person is skilled
1: right but, but what but what I'm saying is that like there's much like Gandalf they speak with their fists right right but mm-hmm. like, there's at no point. In, um, in The Lord of the Rings, does Gandalf, like, cast a spell and a fireball shoots out, right? Right. Uh, he might set some goblins on fire,
0: but it's not
1: like a, a big thing, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. His his magic is a little it, more it's subtle. subtle.
1: It's subtle. And it's kind of the same thing here where, like, the, the fantastic martial arts... They're amazing feats, but it's somewhat believable and integrated into the um, matrix of the story, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. It, it's not like it, it's it's not like a wizard going in and just being like, Kazam!
0: Right, right. It's it's a it's a type of world and a type of uh, quote unquote magic. Where something as simple as the proper breathing exercises can radically change your skill,
1: but to a certain extent, everybody, everybody can do it.
0: Right, everybody can learn. Any anybody can learn. Uh, some are more gifted than others. It's like anybody can learn to play basketball, but not everybody can be a pro.
1: Right. Exactly whereas in in lord of the rings uh if you weren't born a god
0: you, you can't learn you magic
1: can't do, you can't do magic
0: <laughs> right and yeah pretty or or born an elf but that's basically the same thing 70 yes, percent. if you're an elf 70 of your body is non-newtonian I'm, fluid
1: but like the the elves um don't Perform magic. They use tools to perform magic for them. That was like the whole point of the rings, right? Right. Like they use the rings to 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 you know, God, there's like three of them. They did different things, but but it's not like they perform magic. They still had to fight wars and they didn't shoot fireballs. It's true, out of their swords or anything, right? The only the only beings that could like actually use magic to affect the world where like gandalf um saruman and sauron uh, you know in that particular story maybe tom bombadil but he's different
0: right he's 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 from an alternate universe
1: (laughs) yeah he's like he's like q or something but (laughs) but you know there's not like yeah you have somebody like um the the pardon me the uh The Dow Masters, or um, or the Peach Blossom Island guys, like Apothecary Huang, Mm -hmm. who are really fucking good, but they're really fucking good because they trained to become really fucking good, right? Mm -hmm. And potentially you can do it,
0: right? Work hard, work hard with the right
1: master, and you you can, you know, learn how to uh, take people's brains out of their skulls with just your fingers.
0: Right or or stand on chopsticks embedded in snow without. Right. Yeah, you know, like hey buddy, come on, climb this mountain every night.
1: <laughs> so uh, and and I like that. That's it's it's a like a fresh thing for me as opposed to you know like when we read um that that D and D book like right? mm-hmm. the two of horrors and it was just like um, you know he cast his his healing spell and you know and they. It was definitely very d
0: Right. And then, uh, yeah, these guys are like, oh, I twisted my ankle. I'm out. I'm out for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm on, I'm on the DL roster. Right. So, yeah. So
1: that's the answer to your question. It's fresh for me, so I mm. enjoy it. Uh, I would probably, I'm probably going to read the next one.
0: There you go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe we'll come back and we'll do we'll do an episode on the next one.
1: So I mean that that's you can't get a higher compliment than that. gonna read the next one.
0: There you go. That's that's the best thing you uh, a person who writes a series can hear. Is yeah, definitely want to see what happens in the next. There's
1: piece. definitely plenty of series where I'm like, eh, all right.
0: Yeah,
1: and part of me wishes I had been that way with the Wheel of Time.
0: As <laughs> like a wheel that goes all the way back around. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Legend of the Condor Heroes, one. Uh, a hero born is the hero um, born. Sounds like, title. like
1: a sounds like a Batman uh, series.
0: Yes, Guo Jing, year one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's more
1: or less year one through twenty.
0: Right, and uh, yeah, apologies to our uh, Chinese speaking audience for for mangling the language. And, uh, yep, we'll be back next time with something else.
1: In the meanwhile,
0: go fuck yourself. Most respectfully. Tis.